Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. All right, so let's get ready to receive the Word of God. And last week we celebrated the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Up from the grave he arose. And we learned that that resurrection power changes us from the inside out. The way the resurrection power of Christ works in our lives in our day today is that he works from places that no one can see to the manifestations that everyone can see. When you experience resurrection power in your life, people start to see it. There is a public manifestation of what God has done deep inside of you. Because the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is from the inside out. And that's what we focused on last week. And now today, I want to follow up with the truth that Jesus and the other authors of the New Testament emphasized as a natural consequence of being brought to life by the resurrection power of Jesus. And I'm going to be reading a passage today that is both descriptive of the kingdom of God and also prescriptive for our expectations of faith. In other words, in the Gospels, Jesus describes the the kingdom of God. When you read your Bible and you see Jesus in the Gospels saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this, the kingdom of God is like this, Part of what Jesus was doing is he was setting our expectations of his kingdom. When you read the Bible, understand that those promises, those stories, I'm going to read a story to you today, a parable. Those stories were meant to set our expectations of how God wanted to move among us, through us, in our time, in our day. And I hope you believe today that God wants to move in power. The resurrection power is alive in all of the children of God. And may the resurrection power of Jesus Christ come alive at Chicago Tabernacle, in Philly Tabernacle, in churches all over the city of Chicago, in churches all over the world. May the resurrection power of Jesus Christ arise. And so I'm going to read a real unique story to you. And in the, in, in the passage that I'm going to, it's just one verse, but the kingdom of God is being compared to or likened to something unique. So let's go ahead and read. This was Jesus speaking, and, and in Matthew chapter 13, he gives a series of of descriptions of the kingdom of God. I'm going to focus on one of them. Matthew 13, 33 says this. Jesus told them still another parable. There were many descriptions of the kingdom, but this one is a natural outflow of the, of the power, the, the, the rising power of Jesus. He says that Jesus uh, told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like this. A woman takes some yeast, everybody say yeast, and mixes it 
with a bushel of flour until the whole batch of dough rises. What is the kingdom of heaven like? It's like a woman who takes some yeast and mixes it with a bushel of flour until the whole batch of dough rises. So in this case, the descriptive of the kingdom is yeast, and the expectation that Jesus is setting is that he wants to mix something in our lives, in our worship, in our gatherings, in your devotion when you read the Bible in the morning, in your time when you pray with your wife and when you pray with your children. God wants to mix something in that will cause the kingdom of God to rise. And he's comparing it to yeast. And so the Bible talks about yeast in a number of different ways. And I want to outline this before we pray so that we will get the right kind of yeast in our hearts. There are three types of yeast described in the scriptures. Jesus in Matthew 16, 6 describes the yeast of the Pharisees and he tells them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of the Pharisees was hypocrisy. And Jesus was talking about the fact that you and I don't have to put on a mask as a, as a Christian. We can be the real deal. We can walk the talk. Why? Because there's a power inside of us that can enable us more than just be, to, to be more than just cultural Christians. There's a power inside of us inside of us that can enable us to really live the New Testament fulfillment of the call of God upon our lives. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. In other words, hypocrisy was such a turnoff to Jesus. I think if there's anything that turns off this world to Christians is hypocrisy. When we say one thing, and we live like another in another way. Even people in the world are grieved by that. Even they're, they're like, you got to be kidding me. They're like, take your message, take your gospel, take your stories someplace else. So Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. May God make us who we're supposed to be from the inside out. Not just talking about it, but actually living it and living it out by the power of God. Then secondly, there's actually the yeast of sin. 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8 talks about how a little sin will ruin the whole lump. Sin is like yeast. You put a little sin, you mix in a little sin, and let me tell you something, that little compromise eventually will take over your whole life because sin works like yeast. That's the way it is. And so uh, um, the Apostle Paul was saying, get the sin out. Get the yeast of sin out of your midst. But this particular, this is the good yeast. This is the yeast that we want to mix into our lives. Jesus in this parable is talking about the yeast of the kingdom. 
So the wrong type of yeast will lead to the wrong type of living. But how many know, if we mix in the yeast of the kingdom, we will rise up, which is the title of my message today. God is calling us to rise up. Everybody say, rise up. This is what Jesus was prophesying. This is what he was declaring to us. He was saying, when I arise from the dead and I'm seated at the right hand of the Father, no matter what kind of uh, 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 pen is taking place, no matter what kind of hardship is taking place on the earth, I will provide something for my children. I will provide something for their families. I will provide something for their lives, for their hearts that will cause them to rise up. And we want to believe God. Oh Lord, cause us to rise up. Not, not rising up in a way that we exalt ourselves, but being risen up in a way that Jesus is exalted. Anybody want to exalt Jesus in this place? So come on, lift your hands with me right now. If you're watching online, lift your hands wherever you are. If we need anything, we need the yeast of the kingdom. We need the uplifting influence of the power, the, the glory of God to come into our midst and make us different. So, Father, we come in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we've just celebrating, celebrated your resurrection but God, today we want to receive a resurrection power in a whole new way, Lord. We want the yeast of the kingdom. Mix it into our family devotions. Mix it into our mornings, my God. Mix it into our evenings. Mix the yeast of the kingdom into our talks around the table, Lord Jesus. God, cause your people to rise up in power and in glory. So, Father, bless this word. I pray that you would remove any hindrance or obstacle, Lord, from your people so that they could expect the kingdom of heaven to work through them and in them. Lord, help us build our faith. Lord, raise our expectations of what you want to do in our times, in our days, through our specific lives. Do it by your mighty power, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's so good. Now, um, you may or may not know that somewhere about five or six years, uh, maybe six or seven years ago, I really got into cooking. And at a certain point, I got a book. Uh, a, a dear friend of mine gave me a book. And it, the book had, a, whole, had a, a recipe for baking bread, and so I tried it out. And um, here's a couple pictures of some bread that I've made. This is one of the better looking ones. Some of them were not so good looking. This is uh, some bread that I uh, made for Chrissy. Here's another picture. And uh, this is, I, I picked the best looking ones to put up. Uh, I want you to know that I have discovered when it comes to bread in particular is um, some of the bread that looks the, be the best actually tastes the worst. 
And some of the bread that looks the worst actually tastes the best. Um, it really depends on, on a lot of different things, which we won't get. This is not a baking class. But when you make bread, whenever I would make bread for Chrissy, you, you know, I get up early, so I, I get up around 4 in the morning, and in the midst of reading, somewhere around 4.30, I might stop and mix a batch of dough. Water, flour, uh, salt, and yeast. And, and um, yeast is just a tiny bit, a tiny little bit of yeast goes such a long way. And, and so even though we're going to eat the bread around 7.30 perhaps or 8 o'clock, we start around, I start around 4.30 and I mix it together and I put it in a bowl and I cover it with plastic and then I wait. And after about 45 minutes or an hour, the plastic, because of the, the activation, because of the work that the yeast is doing, the plastic actually starts to rise. It looks like a bubble now. It looks like a balloon that's about to pop because there's this chemical reaction taking place and you start to see holes in the, in the dough and there's all of these bubbles and all of this uh, great stuff is happening. And then you got to take it out of that bowl and sort of shape it and after you shape it, you have to put it down in the, in the, in this case, it was round and you cut it and then you put it under another box and then it rises, it, 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 it starts to rise and it gets bigger. And there's this whole process that takes place before you put it in the oven. With each successive process, the dough grows and rises. And Jesus was saying that that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. And what he was saying is this, you must have the yeast of the kingdom in your life if you want things to rise up, the kingdom of God to rise up inside of you. It's funny, you can actually make bread. You can make bread without yeast. But if you make bread without yeast, it'll be flat and it'll taste different. I feel like yeast makes it taste so much better. If you want flat bread, then no yeast. If you want a flat life, then no yeast. You want a life that rises up, you need the kingdom, of, uh, the yeast of the kingdom. I need the yeast of the kingdom. I can't cause things to rise up in myself, but how many know the yeast of the kingdom can bring stuff out of us that we couldn't even imagine? And so what I want to do is take the... Uh, the next few moments to really unpack the yeast of the kingdom. The yeast of the kingdom is comprised of a couple of very important things. First of all, the yeast of the kingdom is made up of the word and the spirit. The word and the spirit is the yeast of the kingdom. Without the word, without the spirit, we do not possess the uplifting influence of the kingdom of God. And, and, and there, is, there is this outside element that you and I need to consistently mix into our lives so that we could rise up. In other words, yeast is an outside element. Imagine yourself like flour and water and salt. Okay, you can make bread with that. 
but without the yeast, you don't have the outside element. And this is actually really good news. What's great about this is that you don't have to depend upon yourself to live a supernatural life. You and I can't do the great things that God wants us to do without his help. Guess what we need? We need the word and the spirit. When the word and the spirit are mixed into our lives, then the uplifting power of God begins to work through us. Look at what, look at what David Watson said. He said, all word and no spirit we dry up. Very important. I'm going to say this slowly. Some people bend one way or the other. So apply this to your life. All word and no spirit, guess what happens? We dry up. If you're like just the word, just the word, no, we need both. All spirit and no word, we blow up. In other words, some people are all into experiences and emotions and all this, but they're not, they're not anchored by the word. That's, that's how the church gets weird. That's how people get a little bit crazy in the sense that everything that we do should be backed and anchored by the word of God. Somebody say amen. And so uh, all spirit and no word, we blow up. But listen, both word and spirit, we grow up. If you want to grow up in God, and if you want God to rise up through you, if you want to experience resurrection power, you have to sow in the yeast of the kingdom, and the yeast of the kingdom is the word and the spirit. Jesus actually talked to the Pharisees about this. He talked to them, uh, uh, actually it was the Sadducees, where he said, you guys are in error. A lack of the yeast of the kingdom, a lack of the word and the spirit will lead the church of Jesus Christ into error. Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. We need both. Brothers and sisters, we need both. We need the Bible and the spirit that empowers the Bible. We need both. You and I need to set an expectation that God wants to give you a word, but a living word. And God wants to take that living word and energize your life and empower your life into victory. You can be a different kind of husband. You can be a different kind of wife, a different kind of mother, a different kind of teenager. When, when we get the word and the spirit, we walk in truth and we walk in power. Let's raise our expectation. When you came to church today, what were you expecting from God? When you wake up tomorrow, should the Lord give us another day of life to bring him glory? What are you expecting from God? Are you expecting God to do something powerful in your life? As a child of God, rise up in the name of Jesus. Let's sow the word and the spirit into our lives. We need to rise up. This is very, very important. Without the yeast of the kingdom, we don't even understand the kingdom. The spirit makes you open and receptive to the kingdom of God. And then the word guides us into the fullness of the kingdom life that's available to us. 
I want to go slow here for a moment because very often people who go to church regularly miss how important this is. One of the special books that I've read um, over the years was a book by William Law. I think it was written in the 1700s. Look at what William Law said. The book is The Power of the Spirit. You want to read a great godly book? Read this, William Law, The Power of the Spirit. And here's what he said, and I want you to think about this. Just as the Pharisees' rejection of Christ was under a profession of faith in the Messianic Scriptures. Let me explain what that means. He was saying, look, why were the Pharisees pushing back on Jesus? They were saying, we believe in the Messiah. We believe in the Messiah. You're not the Messiah. We're waiting for the real Messiah. And that is what, what made them so bold in their rejection of God. So imagine they missed God. And he was right in front of them. So he said, just as the Pharisees' rejection of Christ was under a profession of faith in the Messianic uh, scriptures because it was word without spirit. Watch this. So church leaders today reject the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit in the name of sound doctrine. Maybe you grew up in a in a. a, a uh, a church, a persuasion that says, you know what, the demonstration of the power of the Spirit was only for the New Testament. Maybe you grew up in a, in a, a, a background where it says the supernatural is no longer exists. Well, I've got news. I've got a question for you. How can you live without the power of God? How can I live without the power of God? Are these days not as dark as those days? I would say these days are just as dark, and we need the same power, the same power that the Apostle Paul had, the same power that Peter was walking in. How many know we need that same power today? The power that was passed on to Stephen and the others and Philip. That power, God wants to continue to pass on that power. Jesus, send your power into this place. Send your power into our families. Send your power into our marriages, oh God. Jesus said the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. If it lives in you, it will quicken your mortal body. We need power. Truth is good, but truth must be mixed with power. And so part of what has to happen is we have to open ourselves up to the glorious things that God actually wants to do. You know the thing about yeast? What yeast does is it brings out the undiscovered usefulness of flour. What it does is it brings out its unrealized potential. Anybody ever have a spoonful of flour? It's not so tasty. But man, when you add other ingredients, and yeast is a very special ingredient, when you add other ingredients, think of all of the things, the wonderful things that bakers can make when they mix in a little yeast. And you know, we're the same way. When the yeast of the kingdom gets mixed into your life and into my life, then we start to realize this undiscovered potential. 
If you want to know the will of God, there's this undiscovered purpose. There's this undiscovered process. There's this undiscovered uh, gifting and will and glory that God wants to bring out of us that if we only look with our own eyes, with our human eyes, we'll never realize it. You see, God wants to do in us what he wants to do in us, not only what we can see in us. Think about all of the people in the Bible. You think Moses would have chosen himself to go speak to Pharaoh? How many know Moses would have never picked himself to be the main speaker of Israel before the court of Pharaoh? He would have never done it. Do you think Gideon would have chosen himself to be the general of the Lord's army at that time and to become a great deliverer? But God saw something different because God had the power to provide for Gideon to be a different man. And brothers and sisters, right now, God has purpose, power, life, blessing, victory that you don't even realize. You know, when you look throughout history and you see God raising people up, when God raises people up, 99.9% .9 of them said, I am doing something that I would have never imagined. Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. Anybody here ever feel like the chief of sinners? Anybody here ever feel like I am so dark and so down? I've been in so many ugly places. There's no way that God could use me. Oh, yes, there is. When you get born again, when the Holy Spirit and the Word start to mix and rise inside of your life, you will, not, you will be uh, uh, so different, so transformed by the power of the living God. How many know God is in the transformation business? Let's open our hearts. Let's let him cause us to rise up in the name of Jesus. He wants us to rise up. If they could send me a, a keyboard player. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was uh, thinking about, about the context of us living in a time where there was a pandemic. Like the pandemic is... I believe the most unique thing that I've experienced as an adult. I mean, there's political stress, there's uh, economic hardship and difficulties, there's all of these things. Um, and, but that's consistent virtually with every generation. But, but, but the pandemic was so different. I mean, the, the pandemic shut our lives down. The pandemic shut everything down. We were sheltering in place, and, and everything changed. It changed the whole world, and it, it, it just brought everything to a screeching halt. One of the things that we need to remember is that this is not the first pandemic in history. And if you do a little research... Even during pandemics, Christians can rise up. Listen to this. This happened in Nigeria <clears throat> during the, the, the Spanish flu. When the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918 shut down churches in Nigeria, an Anglican deacon launched a prophetic movement and healing ministry that became uh, of the Christ Army Church igniting revivals uh, over the next few decades. 
In other words, everyone was shut down. Everyone was hiding. Everyone was sheltering in place. As is basic common sense wisdom. But someone, someone mixed in the yeast of the kingdom. And he started to rise up. And as he started to rise up, people started to gather around him. And all of a sudden, during a time when everything was shut down, the name of Jesus was being exalted. You know what I believe? I believe that in these difficult times, what we need is for the name of Jesus to, to be exalted. How is the name of Jesus exalted? The name of Jesus is exalted when we mix in the yeast of the kingdom into our lives. When God gets inside of us, I, this past Tuesday, I'm, I talked to a, a, a businessman, essentially a baby in the Lord. I mean, he barely knows the Bible, but he's had a real meeting with Jesus. And through this real meeting of Jesus, this businessman who's rolling with, quote, big shots, with sophisticated folks, with, uh, with uh, uh, people who are in power, make a lot of money. Everywhere he goes, he's sharing the gospel. He doesn't know a lot, but listen, a little yeast has a big impact. A little of the word, a little, a little of the spirit has a big impact in your life and mine. God is able, right from where you are, right from where you're standing in God, God can move you to a whole new level. That's what he did for the apostles. They ran the night that Jesus was arrested. But then the Spirit of God came down in power, and what happened? They started to rise up, and they turned the world upside down. I believe it was uh, on Tuesday, I met, a couple of teenagers, Pastor James was pointing them out to me. And he was like, man, these two kids are really seeking God. They're just teenagers. And um, he said, God is using them. How many would love for our youth to usher in a great revival into this city? You mean the forces of darkness are, are, are stronger than the forces of the kingdom of heaven? I'm telling you right now, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God could send revival to our youth ministry. He's already, he's doing something. He's stirring something wonderful in our young people. What is it? It's the yeast of the kingdom. We're getting ready uh, um, to to plant Philadelphia Tabernacle. We don't have lights in the building yet. We've got to take it through. We've got to redo the building. We don't have fresh paint and fresh carpet. We don't have fresh technology in it yet. Uh, uh, um, but it doesn't matter because you know what? If the yeast of the kingdom is mixed into what they're doing, hallelujah, how many know things can start to rise? And when we get the lights and when we get the technology and when we get the, the, the resources, we're not going to depend on those things because those things are just a support. What we really need deep inside of our hearts, deep inside of that ministry in Philadelphia is the yeast of the kingdom of heaven. And if the yeast is mixed in, hallelujah, how many know things will rise up? I believe that there's this undiscovered usefulness and unrealized potential that the Lord 
wants to bring out of every believer every year. Don't settle for reaching a certain place in God. Trust God to mix in more yeast. Now that brings me to the second point, which is very, very important. Because how do we get the yeast of the kingdom? How do we do that? It's very simple. Mix it in early. Everybody say mix it in early. Okay, if I want to make bread for my wife, I don't mix the yeast in at 7.30 and expect for, the, for there to be this beautiful loaf of bread at, uh, at, at 7.45. It doesn't work like that. You have to mix it in early. You have to let the word and the spirit do its work. But when we mix it in early, powerful things happen. That's why David said, early will I seek thee. And I'm not just talking about the time of day. I'm talking about what, what Jesus said when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you read your Bible at night, praise God. If you read your Bible in the morning, praise God. But put the kingdom first. Put the Lord first. Seek him and say, God, put in me what I need for the days ahead. And watch. You got to give God time. You got to give him what is what he needs to work in us and to transform us. Yeast is essentially sown in the private moment of the formation of the bread. When you and I go to a bakery to get bread, we don't see the mixing process. We just see the finished product. There's this beautiful, wonderful mixing process that God wants to do in your life and mine. Beautiful. We just get alone with him. Listen to this. There's a cookbook chef that says this about, she calls it the missing ingredient. Uh, the curious role of time in food and flavor. She goes, time is the universal ingredient in the food we cook and eat. As an invisible ingredient, however, it is seldom considered in its own right. Time is an essential part of the act of cooking. And you know, brothers and sisters, sometimes you ever eat food the second day and say, yo, I think this tastes better today than yesterday. It's part of it is because if you eat it right out of the pot, sometimes you, 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 all the flavors don't really mix in the way they're supposed to. It takes time. And I want to encourage you, starting today, expect something great from God for your life. We've got to expect the moving of the Holy Spirit. We've got to expect the power of the Holy Spirit to be at work. If you don't expect whatever, the Bible says, according to your faith shall it be done. Expect the power of the Holy Spirit. Expect the gifts of the Spirit. Expect the manifestation of the power and the glory of God. If you do, I'm telling you right now, your life won't be flat. I think instead of pursuing an exciting life, an interesting life, a life that like is a fulfillment of your dreams. How about expecting a life 
that is filled with the yeast of the kingdom of God. I want to tell you one story and then we're, we're going to close. So when I first started, um, well, as soon as I started attending Brooklyn Tabernacle in short order, um, they were gracious enough as I was trying to find my way. They were gracious enough to give me a job. And I worked um, as a custodian. I cleaned the bathrooms. I mean, I've cleaned a lot of bathrooms in church. I also uh, was blessed with the privilege of cleaning bathrooms at, at Christ Tabernacle, now Saints Church under Pastor Durso. But the blessing for me was that I got to be around godly people. I got to be around kingdom people, the real deal. And um, I'm one of those people, I collect heroes of faith. And one of my heroes in the faith is, uh, is uh, a woman named Judy Casanova. And um, Judy was like, I believe, like an admin in the music department. She's a very godly woman. And um, one of the things that I observed about her life, and finally one day I actually got the courage to ask her, is very often what she would do at lunchtime is instead of whenever, going out to lunch with everyone else, Judy Casanova would walk into the sanctuary. Now I want you to imagine, the sanctuary was similar to this one actually, and uh, imagine being outside in the outer lobby and the lights being, you know, the lights aren't always on, the lights are off. So imagine it's dark in here. And I would watch sometimes when everyone was going to lunch, Judy Casanova, little lady, she would just walk into the dark. It was kind of like a movie to me, you know. So she would walk into the dark and she would just disappear into the sanctuary, you know. And, um, and she would be there for lunch hour. Then in, in 45 minutes, an hour, you'd see her back at her desk working. So, you know, we kind of be, we became friends. And one day I, I asked her, I said, Judy, why, what's going on? What are you doing? I was young in the Lord. I mean, I knew she was seeking God, but I was like, what's going on in there? And here's what she said to me. She said, you know what? I... Um, some days I just, I, I go in during lunch and I just want to spend time. Everybody say time. I just want to spend time with God. And so I will go in there. And I had said, Judy, what happens in there? You know, she said to me, she goes, some days when I sit there in the front row, some days I don't really feel God. But it doesn't matter. I seek him, I worship him, I praise him. She said, I'll wait for him. Think about how many times we say to someone, hey, let's get a cup of coffee. Hey, let's hang out. What are we gonna do? Doesn't matter what we're gonna do, we're just gonna be together. Like, I'm like watching this, and I'm like, oh snap, Jesus is real to this lady. He's real to her. This is more than just going to church. This is more than just religion. And she said to me, and I'll just go in. I keep going in. 
because whether I feel him or not, I know that he's there. And then she said to me, but sometimes, Al, sometimes the minute I walk in the room, his presence is waiting for me. When I think about your Christianity, when I think about what I really want you to experience, I want you to experience that. I want you to experience the joy and the blessing that the apostles had because they were in the presence of Jesus. They spent time with Jesus and it changed them. They experienced the power, the word and the spirit changed their lives. And they were different. They were bold. They were courageous. They were victorious. They were holy. They were world changers. Not because, not because of them, but because they spent time with Jesus. And the yeast of the kingdom worked in their lives. As a pastor, one of my greatest burdens is that, that God's people would not be flat. Jesus didn't die and rise from the dead so that you and I can be flat. Jesus died and rose from the dead so that we could experience his love, his glory, and his power. So that we could experience the beauty and the, of the kingdom of heaven. Now let me follow up with this, and then we'll close. So, I don't know, just another time. The guy who discipled me, who was a police officer, serious man of God, his name was Jimmy. Very few, on very few occasions have I encountered a demon-possessed person that the demon was manifesting. I believe that the devil hides that in this country because we're so full of unbelief that he just wants to keep it that way. I believe he controls people. I believe he possesses people. But I personally believe that the work of the devil, in, especially in our country, is such a way that he gets people to do and act and be evil and wicked, but he still allows them to have their right mind because his strategy is executed better. So just because someone looks all put together, that doesn't mean that they're not full of the devil. Well, nonetheless, one day, Jimmy was, found himself in a place where he was praying for a guy who was hooked on drugs and was full of darkness and evil. And at a certain point, when he went to pray for the guy, the guy started rolling around the ground. You think that this is sensational? Brothers and sisters, this is in the New Testament. So the guy starts rolling around. And, um, and then all of a sudden there was this ugly demonic manifestation. Like the devil was talking through him. And Jimmy kept saying to him, shut up in the name of Jesus because what was happening is that the person was saying things about people. See, one of the ways you know that there's the voice of the devil is the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's a slanderer. He's always, he's always bringing, bringing out what's worst about us when the Holy Spirit was, wants to bring out what's best about him. 
And so there was this saying this and saying that. Jimmy kept saying, uh, uh, be quiet in the name of Jesus. And he would shut up for a while. Well, at a certain point, Jimmy turns to someone who was there and he says, hey, call so-and-so, call so-and-so, call so-and-so. And then at one point he said, call Judy Casanova. And, and the demon right through the person said, no, 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 don't call Judy Casanova. Never forget that. You know why? Because when you get full of the yeast of the kingdom, you become a threat to the kingdom of darkness. When you get full of God, you start to impact more than just temporal time. You start to impact eternity. God wants to use you and I in an eternal way. Can I put that lofty call upon your life? Can I put that lofty call on the, on the people doing the technology and the guys sitting behind the cameras? Okay, the call of God is big. The call of God is eternal. He wants to use us in ways. Wouldn't it be wonderful to get to heaven and to hear and see that God used you to drive back the kingdom of darkness? He's able to do it by his mighty power. But listen, we have to mix in the yeast of the kingdom. Lift your hands with me. Look, maybe, maybe you're not like used to thinking about the supernatural. Everything about Jesus, Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Everything about God is supernatural. Let's expect the supernatural. Let's expect healing again in the church. Let's expect words of wisdom and words, of, and prophetic words, words of revelation. Let's expect the things that Jesus did in the New Testament. Let's expect it in the here and the now. Come on, lift your hands with me. And as, as uh, we're lifting our hands, one of the pastors is going to come and lead you. Come on, let's press in and let's say, God, mix in the word and the spirit. Mix in the yeast of the kingdom into my life, oh God. And let it manifest for your glory, for your honor, by your power. Hallelujah.